Hey, and welcome to another episode of Chat with Matt, the long-awaited episode with David Meltzer. David Meltzer, he's a humanitarian of the year. He's an entrepreneur. He's the CEO of Sports One Marketing, which is one of the world's leading sports and entertainment marketing agencies in the world, mate, in the world. We sat down, had a 20-minute chat. He's huge in the social media world. Make sure you follow him. He puts out a lot of good content, and it's absolutely a great chat. He tells you how to get through the COVID virus, how to focus on what you can control, how to get through these times. He tells you some great stories, how he built his business up from zero to $100 million, and he lost everything. It's a great story. Check it out, guys. And if you haven't already, leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes and tell a friend. Have a great day. Awesome, man. Um, Dave, let's jump straight into it. So I just want to take you back to early on when you started. So you graduated law school. Um, you had that opportunity to uh, either dive into law a bit more or um, jump on the internet. You spoke to your mom. What happened from there? Yeah, my mom, my mom has great advice for me. She always had the philosophy of doctor, lawyer, failure. So she immediately said, Dave, you need to be a real lawyer. Uh, and then added that she thought the internet was a fad, uh, that, you know, I should definitely go with being a lawyer and I would be a fool if I went into the internet. And it's the first time that I realized that I had to vote for what I wanted, that just because someone loved me, my mom loves me. She loves me more than enough, probably too much. But you need to, to uh, find people who sit in the situation you want to be in. Just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. And that lesson carried throughout my life. And even today, uh, you know, looking for people who sit in the situation that you want to be in, people that have experience, have situational knowledge, and can give you advice. So one of the key components and advice that I give today is look, pick an industry that you want to get involved with, you want to invest in and find someone that's been there for 40 or 50 years because they've been through compressed uncertainty, compressed change. They've been through economic downturns and they'll be able to give you knowledge and dummy tasks and do an accelerated position. And you know, more millionaires will be made because of uh, this uncertainty than ever before, just like in the depression, more millionaires were made at that time than any other time before. Definitely. And I remember you saying, even when you graduated law school, that was back in a recession at that time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was so nervous about getting a job. Uh, the year before I remember praying to God, thinking about dropping out of law school, I had applied for a job to sell golf clubs in Japan. Uh, my dad told me to drop out, to make money. My mom said, if you're not going to invest in yourself, what are you ever going to invest in? Don't you dare drop out. There'll always be a sales job for you. And here I was graduating law school, getting a sales job again. Um, but it was a recession. And I remember telling God, if he would let me pay off my law loans, buy my mom a house and a car, which is the only reason I went to law school, to make my mom happy. Uh, yeah. I, I'd shovel shit with my hands six days a week, 12 hours a day. That's how tough of times it was. And uh, but it goes to, you know, a lesson. Another one I like to teach is the people that are most successful, they must be what they can be. And if you're sitting at home and you don't have that inspiration that you must be what you can be, then start practicing what you can be until you must be what you can be. 
absolutely love that, man. Your story is so inspiring. I flew out to San Diego. I'm in Australia. I flew out to San Diego for a conference a month ago. And I was listening to your London Real, Tom Billu, Ed Milet, because I'm part of the RTA too with Ed Milet. Um, and man, I was just fascinated. I didn't watch the TV for one second. It was a 16 hour flight. I just had the podcast going and the guy next to me got up and said, man, what were you listening to the whole time? I was just fascinated, man. The way you built it up to a hundred million, you had golf courses, properties everywhere. And then that turning point, because um, I'm very big on Jim Rowan and he says, success is a few small disciplines repeated every day. And at the opposite end, failure is a few errors in judgment, you know, repeated every day. And you said you went bankrupt over a two year period. Can you just quickly go through that? Yeah, I mean, to reinforce what Jim says, you know, enjoying the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursue your potential will get you there. You know, you only have to see three feet in front of you uh, in order to get all the way across our great country at night. So those incremental disciplines are what really get us there. But even moreover, having the mindset to enjoy it and smile through the struggle. Now for me, two years before I lost everything is really when I hit rock bottom. Uh, I, and it was for me, uh, a rock bottom of values. And it was an occurrence of three different things as you probably know. One, uh, the first warning uh, that I was driven by the wrong purpose of money. I still am driven by money. Money comes through me for others. And I'm driven to get as much as I can to make as much money as I can to help as many people as I can and have as much fun as I can. But money comes through me. It's not for me. It's not to me like a victim. But before that, money was for me. And I always tell people, you know, if money is all you want, if you think money buys happiness and love, it will fill you. Uh, but there's only so much of you. But what it won't do is fulfill you, right? Money will fill you. It will fill you with things and food and hanger honors and manipulators and liars and cheaters and oversellers and back-end sellers. But it's not going to fulfill you. Money will fill you. When you start utilizing money through you, to benefit other people by shopping for the right things, uh, you will be fulfilled. Well, I wasn't living a fulfilled life. And at 30 years old, uh, I got a birthday present from my father. And this is far before my transformation, far before my quantum bottom. Uh, but when I was 30, my dad gave me a gift. And why that was so significant is at five, my dad had left. And my dad was my superhero at five. In fact, I still have guilt because I used to tell my mom, you know, why can't you be more like dad? And my dad was a guy who made a lot of money, was dating and then married a girl closer to my age than his, you know, flashy cars, and uh, but never gave a penny to me and my siblings. And meanwhile, I'm telling my mom, you gotta be more like dad. And my mom was humble, kind, unconditionally loved me, uh, taught me all the values to live by, inspired me, kept me happy. In fact, the only reason I wanted to be rich was the only time I wasn't happy was when my mom was financially stressed. So the irony is my dad, when I was 10, ruined our relationship because he forgot my birthday, but that's not what ruined the relationship. He told me what, that he didn't forget my birthday, that he didn't believe in birthdays. And I knew that was such horse shit that my dad, in my eyes, became a liar. Uh, he became a manipulator, an overseller, back-end seller, and, I, and a cheater. And I didn't want to be around that. So 20 years later, he gives me this jacket I'm so excited because I want to reestablish a relationship with my father. I've always had, uh, you know, a very separate relationship and everybody, 
you only have one dad, you have one mom, everyone, no matter what you think consciously, you always want to have that acceptance, love. You want him to tell you he's proud of you. Well, he sends his birthday present, beautiful jacket. I put it on, I'm crying to my wife. I can't believe it. I open it up. He tore out all the pockets and all the lining. I had never been so upset in my life. I called him so upset. I'm like, how could you do this to me? You're such an ass. Why'd you give me a jacket that I can't wear? He said, because it's not for wearing. I go, then what's it for? It's to hang in your closet to remind you every day that you're just like me. And I don't want you to be like me. I'm like, I'm nothing like you. You're a liar, cheater, overseller, back end seller, manipulator. I'm nothing like you. I hate you. He said, son, he said, you're just like me. You're money driven. You can't take it when you're gone. I gave you that jacket because you can't take anything when you're gone. You can't be the richest man in the cemetery. Money does not buy love or happiness. I promise you, please learn the lessons before you end up like me. Well, I didn't understand, <laughs> didn't understand it. Well, then six years later uh, from that warning, uh, it was two years before I lost everything, 2006. I was running the most notable sports agency in the world, uh, Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. Most people know Lee from the movie Jerry Maguire. Uh, Warren Moon, the Hall of Fame quarterback, was my business partner, one of the most thriving businesses. And uh, my best friend and I went golfing. Uh, in fact, my best friend asked my wife to go steady at sixth grade camp uh, for me. And she said, no, tell him to ask me himself. And I threw an egg at my wife. Uh, once again, <laughs> re reinforcing, I thought money bought love and happiness because she ended up marrying me 20 years later. Uh, but moreover, um, I asked him, I said, hey, Robbie, why, why won't you hang out with me anymore? We could go to the Super Bowl together. I have all these famous friends. We can go to the Masters, all your favorite things. Why won't you hang out with me? And he said, I don't like who you hang out with. And I told him, well, you know, I'm not like those guys. I'm not doing what they're doing. I, this is part of my job. This is part of my lifestyle, you know. He said, David, you can lie to me, but don't lie to yourself. I went home crying. Because at that time, six years later, I knew that it was true. I knew that it was very true that I had not lived a fulfilled life. I'd lived a filled life. And two weeks after that, I came home at 5.30 in the morning from the Grammy Awards. I was partying with a guy named Little John, who became fairly famous. He's a rapper in America. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I had lied to my wife, changed my clothes in the car, went to the Grammy Awards, came home intoxicated and high. And that's when my life changed. That was the bottom for me. Because my wife, for the first time, told me the truth. She told me she wasn't happy. She told me she lost respect for me. She told me that I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become, where not only was she going to lose, lose her, but I'd lose everything she could, and including my life, that I was going down the wrong road. I, I got pissed. I wish I could have told you I was as happy with her, you know, just like my father. Blame, shame, and justification. I was like, how dare you? The ego has such a great need to be fed offense. You know, if the world could be fed food as fast as the ego could be offense, I was so offended. I couldn't believe everything I bought her, everything I did for her, a living nanny, a huge home, cars, motorhomes, boats. How dare she? How dare she say that to me? And I went to bed and I woke up even more upset, uh, thinking about how I could take all my money, get a divorce lawyer, how, you know, I could take everything from her, you know, cause I was filled, you know, I wasn't fulfilled. And I was thinking about leaving her and so offended and resentful. And then I looked over in the closet and that's where my life changed.
because I saw that jacket. I still get choked up today because I saw the jacket and I distinctly remember, holy shit, I'm just like my dad. All these years, I hated him. I hated him for being a liar, manipulator, cheater, overseller, backend seller, and I hated him for being just like me. And that's when I started what I call my quantum shift, the transformation. I was going to live my life with the values that my mom taught me every day to say thank you, to be grateful, every day to be forgiving for the mistakes that I've made and the growth that I am trying to attend, the potential I have, always be accountable, ask myself two questions. What did I do to attract this to myself? What am I uh, supposed to learn? And then finally to knowing that I'm the most powerful source of energy, light and love and lessons that existed. And my, my journey was to enjoy the clearing of that connection so it could come through me to other people. I no longer was I going to live a filled life. I was going to live a fulfilled life by making room, by giving away and making room for what I want, by providing value first and then asking for help out of radical humility. And I prepared myself two years into it, lost over $100 million, uh, was not my bottom. It was my rise. It was an accelerator. It was freeing. Uh, and I feel 13 years after that now, the same thing has happened to me except for one thing. I am far more prepared for the acceleration growth, for the change. I focus on the four things that I can control. My mindset, what I say and what I hear, what I feel, and what I do. And those four things I'll always control. Nothing will change uh, except for me. And uh, that's where I live today, trying to spread happiness. I have a mission to empower over a billion people to be happy. A thousand people like you to empower a thousand people to empower a thousand people, create a collective consciousness of fulfillment, of abundance, of generosity, of goodwill, all the things, the unification of what is happening in the world today, because we're going to spread a virus called happiness a virus that spread just by witnessing. It strengthens the immune system. It's the most viral of all diseases, and it's the most positive of all diseases. And that's why I wanted to come on your show to share that message, share my story, and give any advice as well on top of that if we have time. Awesome, man. No, I absolutely love that. And I think it really shows when you're at rock bottom. Because I remember what you said and what you did. You had that conversation with your wife. You lost everything. I just want you to tell everyone, what did you do with that first check? Yeah. So here I was, you got to get it, man. Cause I, I lost everything. And you know, there's a lot moving when you, when you have a golf course, a ski mountain properties, stocks, there's a lot moving when you are worth over a hundred million, even on paper, there's a lot moving. So to all of a sudden be in a rented home uh, with your wife, three girls under 10, your wife is pregnant with your son. You're, you've lost everything. There's foreclosure sign outside your house. The moving vans came you know, things were taken from you. Uh, and my wife, I came home with my very first paycheck from Lee Steinberg, who didn't fire me for losing everything. And I told her that I would like to give this portion of the check to our high school. My wife and I had known each other since the fourth grade. My best friend had asked her to go study in the sixth grade. We got married when I was 30 years old. We wanted to give this. I could have gone to college without a scholarship myself. So I wanted to give back. I wanted to live by the values, take stock in who I was. One thing to remember before this happened, my mom and my wife for years, all those years would tell me how lost I was. They would tell me that I was filled, basically filled with shit, but full of shit, but moreover lost. And I would make fun of them. I'd say, who are you talking to? I'm lost? 
I make more money than a day than you guys make in a year. Who are you talking to? I'm lost. You don't get it. I could hire a thousand of you to go teach kids and help people. I'm the one that's making this happen. Like just so lost. So when I give, when I ask my wife, is it okay? Can I write this check to our high school for a kid to go get a scholarship to college? My wife started to cry. And I said, oh, I don't have to give it if, 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 if you don't want. She said, no, you finally get it. You know, you finally trust the universe. You finally get it. And I said, yeah, I trust the universe. I go, I really, I want to tell you, thank you for teaching me that. And she said, well, then double it. And I looked at her and I'm like, no way. I don't trust the universe that much. And <laughs> it's important to remember that because as meaningful it is to be of service and to have faith and to provide value, I'm consistently in a blend of the currency of money with the currency of faith. I'm in a blend of reality with what's best and I have to take care of myself. And in times like this, we got to make sure not only do we have this faithful culture values, but we also take care of our cash. And I have worked really hard to have a proper balance and blend of cash and culture values uh, and to always uh, be of service and of value and provide and to, to make money, but also to ask for help. Awesome, David. Just before we wrap that up here, mate, I know you've got a real busy schedule, mate. We're going through like, I own a gym, gyms are closing down, people, people are losing their businesses. What's your advice for people during these times to get through it or to pivot? Yeah, so remember the four things that you are in control of. You are in control of your mindset, what you say, what you hear, what you feel, and what you do. Don't think about rebuilding, right? Think about starting. Right. Think about taking inventory of your values. Think about taking inventory of your business the way uh, you did. Think about taking inventory of your personal things that you always said, I, this is always holding me back. If I only had the time, think about if you could start your business over what it would look like, not rebuilding the business as it was. If you could start the business over and knowing what you know now, right? One of the biggest blessings in life. I used to tell people when I graduated college, I'm like, man, wouldn't it be nice to go back to college now? knowing what I know, imagine how well I would do, you know, with my grades and with the girls, you know, honestly, that you got the opportunity to go back and do really well with your grades and the girls. So go back, take inventory, get a new start. Remember your cash will keep you in business. It's the heartbeat of your business. So you're not doing anybody any good uh, if you go out of business and the employees that you have, if you can't afford them today, be honest with them. Do not let your business go down because those employees that you let go today, they're not going to like you. They're going to utilize blame, shame, and justification. They're, you know, not going to like it, but I promise you this, you know, if you spend all your money and go out of business, they're not going to like you either. So make sure that you stay in business, you grow, come back and hire those people back, provide them opportunities, take care of the cast, take care of your values. Remember the four things you have control of, Realize you are in the middle of America, a middle of a miracle of lessons. Learn the lessons. If you're experiencing pain, mental, physical, spiritual, or emotional pain, know that that's just the indication that you have to learn a lesson. Seek the lesson. Seek the lesson. Learn from it. Grow, accelerate, and expand. Be positive. You got four things you can control. You're not allowing other things to change. You're changing and it's changing for the better. Your situation will get better and you will be so grateful when you come out the other side. Love it, Dave.
focus on actions, not outcomes. Bro, appreciate you, man. And I'll meet you one day, brother. It'll happen. I'm coming Take to visit Australia. San Diego and Australia are the same. So hang in Love there. Him. Take care, brother. Healthy, happy, and strong. Let's do it. Take care. Have a great day.